Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the one and only Premier League review. That's not a boast by the way, but rather factual. This season we're scrapping the review part for the league itself, but how can we not revisit the opening weekend? A set of fixtures that reveal more about the season to come than an entire summer of gossip. So for one week only, we're broadening our scope beyond the Etihad to the Amex, Emirates and Old Trafford. And to accompany me around the grounds, I'm delighted to be joined today by two terrific travel companions in the form of Joe and Laura. Hi, Joe, you there? I am indeed. That's a very prestigious uh, opening. I like that well, thank you, very, thank very, you very much, sir. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Are you good? I'm good, yeah. I'm, I'm very tired, which no one wants to hear, I know, but um, just a really busy few days and it's hit me like a ton of bricks today, but... That aside, I am very well. How's things with you? Yeah, good, good. Um, I'm glad the football's back up and running. feel like life's got purpose again. I yes. That's a, a very sad statement and <laughs> indicative of my life. It's, well, if yeah. it is, we're all in, in the same boat in that regard, I think. I think a, a lot of us feel the same way. It was wonderful. Just looking at Saturday, when waking up on Saturday, it's like, okay, got this game, then this game, and then they're playing tonight. It's like, yes, it's back. Just an overload of football. Um, Laura, are you there? Are you well? I am, and I'm even better now football's back. Um, <laughs> just like both of you guys. Obviously, Thursday night felt a little bit like Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, yeah, very, very exciting. Good, good. Um, there's only one place to start, I guess, which is Burnley v City Friday night under the lights at Turf Moor. Um, and we'll be indeed going around the grounds, but you know, obviously it was the first game and it involves City. So... But before we get to the Blues, let's concentrate on the Claret and Blues. Um, Joe, what did you make of Burnley? Do you? I, I know it's against City, and I know you know you you can't base too much on not only an opening game but an opening game against the league champions. But from what you saw, do you think they'll be all right this season? Obviously. It still feels like really early to be making emphatic statements on where different teams are going to finish, but I think they were, considering the calibre of opposition they were against, I think they were excellent, specifically for the first half an hour. Um, Really made life uncomfortable for City, uh, for a team who are probably the most comfortable in world football at playing out from the back. I know it was the first game and there's obviously a bit of rustiness, but we still had a good pre-season in the Community Shield, and you could tell that some of our experienced pros back there were really a bit jittery and uncomfortable. Uh, Edison even had to go uncharacteristically long a few times when he would have preferred a ball. You could see he was getting frustrated and just holding on to the ball. But Burnley's shape and, and positioning was really good. Um, obviously, against a team of City's quality, the way they moved the ball around and, and just retained possession, they did burn out eventually. Um, and I think City took command of the game from kind of 30 to 35 minute onwards. But if they can apply that level of, of uh, shape and consistency and, and the shape in which they press, then I, I don't see any reason why they can't have a comfortable season. I think they'll definitely be four or five teams worse than them in the league this season. So, mm. yeah, I mean, if, they, if everything falls in place for them, they could have a really good season. And obviously, for Vinny's sake, I hope they do. There's two ways of looking at this, Laura. I'm just kind of intrigued as to where you land on, on it. So, one kind of theory is that Burnley play really good progressive possession-based football, really adventurous, and that is their strength. So that's what they do best under Vinnie Company. 
Um, so, you know, it makes sense to go through this Premier League season playing in that style. But the other way of looking at it is some compromise might, might be needed, some caution. And if they play like they do, they're going to come unstuck against particularly, you know, the top 10 sides. Where do you personally land on that? What do you think their best approach is? To go basically all out playing how they do or to, to change somewhat because they're now in, obviously, a, a more competitive league? Um, it is it is hard to say because obviously what they did last last season in the championship was was phenomenal. It really was, mm. but I do feel like there needs to be some give in the Premier League. We've seen it before with teams. I think it was when Leeds United came up, um, very stuck kind of to the out and out attacking playing style and things like that. And it does really work against some clubs and some teams, and it will. Um, but I think when you get to you know your cities, your Arsenal's, even maybe you know United, Liverpool, there's going to have to be some give and some compromise there. I think from Vincent, and I, th- I think he will. Um, he's definitely not daft, mm. um, and I think we probably will. Maybe more more so as the season goes on, we'll see a lot more compromise from Burnley, or I'd like to think so at least. Yeah, I, I, I when watching them on Friday, I was thinking back to Scott Parker and Fulham. Um, I think it was four years ago, maybe, where they just kept playing exactly as, as they had in the championship and came hopelessly unstuck. But there's something about this Burnley side and there's definitely something about Vinnie Company where I just feel that they probably, OK, they will need to compromise to a degree, of course, but they won't need to do it that much. I think if they just keep as they are, they'll do all right. And as you say, Laura, they're, they're going to basically beat some of the weaker teams and that's all they need to do as well. You know, if they, that's all they care about really right now is finishing 16th, 17th and staying up. So, um, but because of the Vinny connection, obviously I wish him well. Um, switching our attentions to City, uh, I'll start with you, Joe. What shape are we in right now? Are we looking good or are, are there kind of flaws and faults that are, are inevitable for the first game of the season? I think we were rusty in patches. Like I said, I think you have to credit to the opposition as, uh, for that as well. Yeah. That playing out was obviously, I think we're going to have a better time against certain teams than Burnley, uh, given the way they play and, and obviously their manager's knowledge of the way we play. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with, with where we're at realistically. I mean, we had a long season last year, so we've not necessarily had the pre-season preparations of a lot of our rivals come back later, we've lost some key players, we've brought in new players. I think, <clears throat> given all that, I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with where we're at. I think in the Community Shield, you know, Phil Foden is, what, a, a whisker away from making it 2-0 and probably that would have been a fair, comfortable score in that game against the team that has been tipped by a lot to win the title this year. I think um, we did enough against Burnley and actually won it quite comfortable in the end, despite that first 30 minutes. So given the lack of maybe, I'd say we're probably at about 70-75% yeah. in pre-season, I think, I think that's about as, as much as you could expect, in my opinion. So I, I'm comfortable and happy and I think we can only hopefully get better. And ironically, I know it's the travel, but I think the midweek game um, can almost serve as, as an additional warm up I know it's not because there's a trophy on the line but like an additional um, you know exercise to get the players that bit sharper Mm. um, given that we've missed out on two or three fixtures in pre-season yeah that's exactly how I'm viewing it but uh, hopefully we'll come to that as well as Super Cup because yeah very much in the same mindset there Um, Laura Kev's injury um, big concern 
Big concern because of what preceded it as well. The fact that, you know, he was struggling late last season, all came to the fore in the Champions League final. We start to think, oh, hang on, he's back quicker than we thought. This is really good. And then, you know, he goes off again. Um, are you concerned? And as a kind of added on question to that, does that add greater importance for us to get Paqueta over the line and bring him in? I think so, yeah. Um, I think we've already got that. We've got a small squad. This this whole thing about City having massive squad depth is it, we've we've got good players. We've got a really really good squad, but we've got a small squad. Yeah. Um. So I think for me, yeah, it it, it definitely does put more importance on getting Paqueta in. Um. A hundred percent. Um. I think even without De Bruyne's injury, um, we could have done with him anyway. Um. But as for Kev, yeah, it is because it feels like it's just it's reoccurring now. Yeah. Um, and it kind of begs the question: Is is there more to it? Is the you know is it something that's quite big? Um, we saw Phillips took the decision to have his surgery um, before the World Cup and stuff like that. Is is it a case of maybe where Kev needs some sort of surgery now? Um, he's going to be out for a period of time that he's trying to put off. I, I, I don't know. It is it is concerning, and you you can't help but feel for Kev um, because he looked he looked devastated when he came off the other night. Um, so you can't help but feel for him, but. I mean, yeah, I, I, I trust the team. Our team isn't... Kevin's a massive part of the team, but we've we've got an incredible squad built around Kev as well. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's the be-all and end-all of it. Um, but yeah, it is it is slightly concerning, but I just think let's not, let's not stress yet. Let's just see who we can bring in. And then replacements that we've got in the midfield, to be fair, for Kev are incredible. We know Phil can play there. Um, Alvarez can drop back and play there a little bit. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I'm obviously it's disappointing to see, and it's not nice for Kevin. But what will be will be. Yeah. Okay. Um. So after a, a comfortable or fairly comfortable three 0 win at Burnley, um, and you know that's as good as it gets, and we couldn't have hoped for any better than that. Uh, we then woke up Saturday morning and just possibly thought, could Forrest do something at Arsenal? Um absolute idiot such as myself put three quid on Forrest to win because I couldn't resist the 14 to 1 odds um, that was quickly kind of um, yeah proven otherwise a decent first half performance by Arsenal um, they ran over Forrest really but then in the second half they tailed off I'll, I'll just stick on that point at first Joe can anything be read into that the fact that they tailed off in the second half or again first game of the season I'd put it more down, unfortunately, to it being the first game of the season. Yeah, I think yeah. th- th- they're also clearly introducing a fair few number of players like Rice, etc. Um, so, you know, there's a bit of tweaking going on. Um, they got the job done, and I think it's natural when, when you do basically win a game pretty early on. You tend to tail off uh, specifically early in the season because... It's arguably when teams are at the the fittest as well who you're playing against um, in terms of Forest and, and Forest for for the, the fact that they're a bit of a circus in terms of their incomings and outgoings they do have some very technically gifted players who can hurt you um, I think that counter-attack for their goal was it was brilliant really really good goal I love a counter-attacking goal from a corner me I'm a sucker for them so yes. really enjoyed that um, and Forrest can put you under um, I think the lad up front forgive me I've, I've, I've forgotten his name um, scored a lot of goals for him at the end of last season to keep them in the league um, he's a real handful and if you give them a sniff they will punish you so yeah um, I think 
as far as Arsenal are concerned, it was about getting the new players out on the grass for the first game of the season mm. and, and getting the three points, which, which ultimately they've done. And again, similar to City, they'll just want to build on that now moving forward, I think. It's still good that we're ahead on goal difference. <laughs> Absolutely. After, after 19 minutes. Um, Laura, we once again saw evidence of emotions running high at the Emirates um, after over-celebrating the Community Shield in ridiculous fashion. It just feels like they haven't learned their lessons from last season. It feels like they're going to go again and be Liverpool of 2013-14 once again and do all the group huddles and the rousing of the crowd and all the rest of it. Um, do you feel much the same way? Yeah. Um, oh God, it's a bit cringy, isn't it? Um, they are a very emotional side and it's it's tough because for me, if you've got a, a young emotional side, it's on it's kind of on the head of the manager to, to kind of stamp that out, really. Um, but Arteta is, is in himself very, very emotional. He's very young. Um, so mm. it's hard, but and it must be frustrating because if you took the, the emotion out of it almost for them, um, some of the performances that they put in would be a lot more secure. Um, you know, as soon as they conceded at the weekend, it was instant, you know, panic stations. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it, it's not, it, for me, that's that's not a champion's mentality. And I'm not, I don't want to rule them out of anything or anything like that. But I just think the, the immersion in, in their performances is is probably their, their biggest issue, really. Um, and yeah, the way the fans reacted to Arsenal, obviously winning the Community Shield against us, um, it kind of says it all. The club and the fan base at the minute, um, they're, they're far too emotional. Um, and I feel like that is probably their their biggest letdown at the minute. Yeah, I I I wouldn't use the word insane, but God, they're, they're close at times online, aren't they? Really, are just absolutely, yeah, absolutely baffling. Some of the uh, the tweets you see from them, but okay, well, if, if each to their own, and if they're happy being emotional, let's see how far it gets them. I mean, it might very well take them top of a league by Christmas, but it won't come May. Um, it seems they haven't learnt their lesson in that regard. Someone oh, big statements, the big I know. statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be upsetting the Arsenal Mafia. Not that they were in likelihood to be listening to a Manchester City podcast, but you know, <laughs> dangerous game. Them and the Scouse Mafia on Twitter. Ooh. Yeah, but I mean, history tends to repeat itself, doesn't it? Or so, X, sorry. Yes, yeah, X, yeah. But history does tend to repeat itself, and um, I, I feel that could happen again. Um, talking of lessons not being learned, we saw the same happen at Goodison Park. <laughs> Last season, Everton mm. were abject and they were wasteful up front on, on the few chances they did create. Um, and on Saturday, they were again abject and wasteful of a few chances they created. Um, Joe, will Calvert-Lewin's inability to stay fit and the club failing to sign any kind of striker, will it cost them their top flight status this season? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.